eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you got drama yet? Morning. Afternoon. Evening. Brunch time. Lunch time. March Madness time. March Madness or March Sadness time. I hate that joke, but I never write a script. So it's just the first thing that came to my head time. We'll see whether it's March Madness or March Sadness time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Govals 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a very sunny, very, uh, I would say, unseasonably warm Early March afternoon here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee, just a couple miles away from Thompson Bowling Arena, where, of course, Tennessee is no longer playing basketball this season. The Vols have wrapped their season there. They have wrapped the regular season, and they are headed across I-40 to Nashville for the SEC tournament this week and then the NCAA tournament. Beyond that, we will see how this week goes. We'll see how the seating goes. There's a lot to talk about. Um, certainly, the season did not end the way Tennessee wanted it to with the the injury to Zagai Ziegler, and then the uh, the loss at Auburn, which wasn't surprising, but uh, nonetheless upset some people. So we got a lot to talk about there. We got a lot to talk about with a lot of stuff, a lot of basketball stuff. So to do that, I think you know where we're going to go. We're going to go over to another side of town across the tracks and get to uh, Ben McKee's house and get to Ben McKee. Ben, what's up? Not a whole lot. Just trying to survive the month of, of March. How are you? Doing all right, man. It's uh, you. You, uh, you never toot your own horn, so I'll do it. Ben- Benjamin here went to. Uh, I was I was with baseball all weekend, and uh, he covered the baseball game with me Friday night, and then got up at like, you know, butt crack thirty, and drove uh, the next morning and drove to Auburn to cover that basketball game, and I stayed for baseball, and then Ben was back the next day uh, for the one p.m. first pitch of the baseball finale against Gonzaga. So, so Ben had a lot of work this week, and a lot of that uh, will give a lot of insight to us as we have a couple podcasts today. We'll have uh, this is our hoops one, then I guess a little later we'll have the Diamond Vols podcast, which Ben will host and I will be a guest on. And uh, we got a lot to talk about that. Uh, ben, it was a busy weekend. It was. It was a busy a busy weekend, and on the basketball front, an unfortunate ending. At Auburn, I, I thought they played well in the first half on, on really both ends of the floor. It was the, the second half that bit them in the butt, and and more specifically, it was the the second half 
of the second half in, in which Tennessee uh, struggled down on the plains uh, on, on Saturday afternoon to conclude the regular season. And uh, we now know that Tennessee will be the five seed in the SEC tournament, and we will talk about that coming up and also need to mention some of the players that were named to postseason All-SEC teams. But looking at this Auburn game first, uh, again, it was the the second half of the second half struggles that bit them in the butt. Uh, Tennessee was up by four at halftime, and uh, Auburn comes out, and Tennessee's able to to match Auburn for for bucket for bucket for a good chunk of that second half. Now, Auburn did go on a run immediately out of the locker room. I, w- I want to say it was like a 10-2 run uh, or, or so, 10-4 run, something along those lines to to take a three, four, five-point lead. And, and then Tennessee was able to make some plays of its own and, and really respond well within that moment. Auburn Arena, I guess now Neville Arena. Yeah, it's weird, weird, to say, biggest, weird, weird to say that. It, it, it isn't the biggest arena in the country, that is for sure. Uh, but it's still one of the best environments in college basketball and, and in the SEC because uh, a they they pack they pack them in there. The the students are are wrapped around um, in the in the lower bowl if you want to call it a, a lower bowl. I mean Thompson Bowling's lower bowl is bigger than Auburn's in, entire gym, um, but the 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 lower bowl of the lower bowl. I guess that's the theme of this podcast. We're talking about the second half of the second half, and and then the lower bowl of the lower bowl. That's right. Uh, they they pack them in there with students, and they are right on top of you, and it does get loud, even though there's not a ton of people in there, and uh, they are very passionate about Auburn basketball right now. Very similar to what Tony Vitello has done with the baseball program. Uh, that that's what Bruce yeah. Pearl has done with that Auburn basketball program, and uh, Auburn fans love them some Bruce Pearl and are really bought into this basketball program be, because again, just like what Tony Vitello has done with some of his teams and the the lovable personalities that the baseball team has had to to get to Omaha and whatnot. The the Auburn basketball team has had that uh, in getting to the Final Four and and so many um, personalities that those fans have have loved over the last several seasons. Uh, they're they're very passionate. So it was a great atmosphere, and for Tennessee to respond to the way Auburn started the second half, I I thought that was. Uh, a great thing, an absolutely great thing, especially because it was the first game without Sakai Ziegler. But unfortunately, Tennessee was not able to sustain it. Auburn goes on to outscore Tennessee 49 to 36 uh, in the second half. And what what's odd about that is not necessarily the offense. I mean, Tennessee scored 36 points on the road in a tough environment against a desperate Auburn basketball team trying to make the NCAA tournament. And they scored 36 points on the road and and they shot 44% in that second half. And uh, there were some offensive breakdowns late that cost them the game, but as a whole, the offense played really well. It was the defense, which was kind of surprising, not kind of surprising. It, It was very surprising, especially given the fact that Auburn doesn't have a dynamic offense or anything, um, but Auburn was able to shoot 55% in the second half and 44% from three. And uh, Rick Barnes, I mean, was short and sweet post game, uh, just saying that they had too many defensive breakdowns in the second half, and and that was very disappointing. Yeah, I think part of that is uh, a lot of times they just didn't stop the ball, and when you remove your best on ball defender from a defense, there are times where you're you're not going to stop the ball as well. Um, and, and then there were some weird things in that game too. Jani Broom hit two or three threes, and that's 
kind of weird. Katie Johnson hit a big three, and Lord knows he sometimes will go a long time without making them. So some weird things happened in that game. Auburn made some shots that sometimes Auburn makes, and a lot of times it doesn't. Made them in that game. Uh, but but overall, I think the reaction to any game that, that you have is sort of connected, whether we want it to be connected or not. It's always connected to the thoughts we had going into the game. I did not for a second expect Tennessee to win that game. Uh, just the way that basketball goes, you're playing on the road uh, in, a, in a tough arena to play, small but tough place to play uh, against a team that you beat at home controversially really close earlier in the year, and you're playing without your 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 emotional leader, your best defensive player probably, your, your, your only pure point guard in the main rotation, and you're playing on the road against a team that desperately needs to beat you to pretty much cement an NCAA tournament bid. In almost every, if you were to check the boxes of what dangerous things, like there were like five or six like real dangerous things going into that matchup. And I did not feel good about that matchup for Tennessee. Auburn was favored for a reason. I, I thought, Ben, and I really do believe this, I took more positives than negatives from that game from Tennessee's perspective. That I'm not excusing the things that didn't go wrong. And there are some problems that popped up in that game that are going to be problems that very well might end Tennessee's season. But Tennessee played better than I expected Tennessee to play. And so if that was the mindset going in, I don't think it's that worrisome heading into the postseason any more than it would have been otherwise. I think the the, the concerns that Tennessee has with without Zakai Ziegler, even with Zakai Ziegler, there were some real concerns there. And now there are, some of them are exacerbated. They are... They are problems. They this is a team that does not have a great creator down the stretch. Um, it just doesn't doesn't have a pure point guard in a close game. That that's worrisome. Uh, Tennessee does not shoot free throws well, and the guys who get to the free throw line most most regularly are not good free throw shooters, which is a problem. Um, and then there are still those stretches where they just don't hit some buckets, and and those were all concerns going into the game, and they're concerns now. But in a lot of other ways, Tennessee played better than I thought it would play, and Tennessee is not going to play in any purely hostile environments, anything like that game the rest of the year. So I disconnect the two things. Uh, the reason Tennessee does not have a double buy in this tournament is because it lost to Vanderbilt and Missouri at the buzzer on bad luck. The game shouldn't have got to that point, but but they got to that point, and then you put yourself in a situation where you can – you know, get your you know what cut off. Sometimes it gets cut off and you get you get the bad end of the stick and you lose. But I did not have there were no new concerns that I added from that game going forward. They were just the concerns that I thought were there. And some things where I had concerns, I thought they overcame that. Yeah, I, I mostly agree w- w- with all of that for sure. Uh I I think on on the Zakai Ziegler front. Because to me, that was the the biggest storyline is how would they perform on the road with with out their starting point guard, their only true point guard that is ready on the roster to play. Because so much for the BJ Edwards and and having confidence in in him stick that not of, not on the road. No, and that that is very telling because. You're not playing any more road games <laughs> this season uh, unless you do end up playing Duke in the second round of the tournament in Greensboro like some of these brackets are, are projecting. That that would be a road game 
<laughs> uh, sort of, but but Duke game, Duke's weird though. UNC would be a road game, but Duke they're kind of they don't have a ton of fans. That's true. In North Carolina, they're kind of all over the place. You know, they're they're it's a small school. It's kind of but but they're but it's got a lot of bandwagon fans everywhere. But I hear I hear what that's, you're saying. Regardless, I hear what that's you're saying. True. It's more of a road game than a neutral site game. Um, but the 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 fact that you don't play BJ Edwards after saying that you have confidence numerous times, I mean that 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 is very telling. Uh, and, and I realized that he would have been matched up against KD Johnson and and Wendell Green and and Zepp Jasper and Alan Flanagan and uh, some others and. Those are all really talented guards, but this time of year, that's who B.J. Edwards is going to be playing against. So uh, I, I'm not giving up on B.J. helping this team, this program, I should say, in, in the long run. Like I, I expect him as a sophomore and, and as a junior to be firmly in the rotation. I, I just don't think that you can bank on him being a contributor this season when he's the only other true point guard on the roster. And when Zakai goes down, he doesn't even play on the road. And, and look, yes, Tennessee was pro- projected to lose that game, uh, both by by Vegas and and both in the minds of of people who cover Tennessee and and, and the fans of Tennessee fans. But that Auburn team is not good. That no, Auburn it's team, not. It's not bad, but it's not that good either. It is mediocre at best. It, it took a a home game on the final day of the regular season against a Tennessee team that has really been hit hard by the injury bug. Tennessee hasn't had its full rotation play since February 8th, almost a month ago because of how funky the last month has been injury wise for Tennessee and their first game without a point guard. And it, it took Tennessee kind of peeing down its leg in the final minutes for Auburn to make the NCAA tournament. So the fact that you're not playing B.J. Edwards against them, I think, is concerning. But going back to the main point, I I come away thinking that Tennessee is going to miss Zakai Ziegler more on defense than he is than they will on offense because of what you said. And, and that's that a lot of their issues defensively the other night was because guys weren't able to stay in front of their guy. Rebounding was an issue as well. That's why Olivier – Kumwa essentially was benched. Yeah, he was. In the second which half. was really disappointing, but it, they had they didn't have much choice. No, they didn't. And Tobe Awaka was a machine on the glass, but Olivier had only played two minutes in in the entire second half until late. Until I believe it was when Josiah Jordan James picked up his fourth foul. That that's when Olivier had to go back into the game because they didn't have a, a, another option. And and look, it's it's not necess- necessarily Josiah's fault, but since he's come back from injury because of that ankle and because he's still limping around on it and and he's not 100%, he's not able to stay in front of his man really at the moment either. Uh, And you you take out Zakai and Josiah's hobbled out there and and then all of a sudden you're kind of just down to Jemai Meshack and Santiago and and Julian Phillips who is coming back from a hip flexor injury, which is is tricky to deal with. And, and Tyreek Key, I, I thought he played well, but he's out there on a bum ankle too. I, I think that's where they're going to miss Zakai the most uh, is defensively. Because I, offensively, Wes, I thought they handled yeah. the ball handling just fine. All, all of those guys, they're, they're not necessarily true point guards, obviously. But Santi, Tyreek, uh, Jemai, Josiah – 
I think all those guys are more than capable of of filling in as a ball handler offensively. Yeah, the problem I have there is that there were times, especially in the final 10 minutes, where the ball pressure, I don't know that it like it didn't lead to turnovers and stuff, but what it did was it prevented Tennessee from even attempting to really get anything going offensively until there were like 10 or 11 seconds on the shot clock. And the way Auburn was extending – that clip, those clips, every coach in America that plays Tennessee the rest of the season is going to see that, and you're going to see incredible ball pressure because if you were to pressure Zakai Ziegler like that, he would wiggle around you, and then at that point he's going to the rim, and if you don't stop him, he's going to lay it up, and if you try to stop him, you got to leave your man, in which case he kicks out to an open shooter. And and it just when you overextend defensively like that, you're begging to get picked off, picked apart off the dribble. Tennessee doesn't have a lot of guys who can do that right now. So teams have no reason not to just completely swamp whoever's carrying the ball, and and they don't have to worry so much about getting dribbled behind. And and that that leads to situations where you're having to r- consistently run pressure-packed offense in the closing seconds of the shot clock, and you're asking Vescovy or Key or James to sort of make a tough jumper. And, and if, if Vescovy's going to score 20-plus points, you can get away with that because they did it Auburn offensively. They played well enough offensively overall to win that game. The problem is we know that that's not always you, – you just can't always rely on that. And Josiah Jordan-James normally could put the ball on the dribble and, and go around you and finish explosively at the rim. He can't do that right now. He's having to do reverse layups intelligently using the rim as a as an extra screener kind of. Uh, he's having to do those things that he's not always he, – he's not – because it's the ankle and the knee are on the same leg, and you can just tell he's not moving great. And, and so they're playing through it. They're showing a lot of toughness. But I can't help but wonder now if Tennessee will have to use more zone defense in the tournament. And if you do that, that's fine. They can do that. But that also rebounding out of a zone becomes an issue. And if Tennessee doesn't consistently win the glass, Tennessee's not going to beat decent basketball teams right now. Tennessee has to own the paint, has to own the glass, usually to win games right now. And and so the, the... was Ziegler doing going out? I don't think it removes the possibility of them beating any team in the country. On their day, they can still beat any team in the country. The, the problem is it gives you a lot less ways to do that, and it, if you don't have as many options, you're more predictable, and you're easier to sort of handle. So it it, it, it just takes what I think was a fairly wide range of possibilities – and sort of drastically shrinks it into this is the way you have to play, this is what you have to do. Because B.J. Edwards is not ready defensively to play right now. That's going to bother people. They don't want to hear it. It's the truth. He will not consistently play defense at a level that's going to allow you, I think, to compete right now. And offensively, he does have a lot of that skill, but he they should have played him earlier in the season, and they didn't. So he's a little – you don't know what you're going to get there. And defensively, he, he can be a real problem right now. That's why he's not in there. And and you, you you have to, if you're Rick Barnes, show confidence in him because if a lot of guys foul out or guys get hurt, you're going to need him. But he's obviously not plan A, and he's probably not going to be plan A. So you know who they're working with. And there's a couple of things I, I, I think – that really have to happen in the postseason, and we need to talk about those things. But before we do that, 
Uh, I think we need to step away for a break. We, it's a good time for one right now. Step away, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, et cetera, and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from uh, his unnamed studio on the other side of town. We are talking Tennessee basketball in this episode. The Vols headed to Nashville in a couple of days to start the SEC tournament. The Vols will be the fifth seed. Uh, they will play either Ole Miss or South Carolina, I believe, on uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. And then if they win that, which they probably should, then they will get another chance to play Mizzou on Friday. And then if that they win that game, probably Alabama on Saturday. So the road is not a, an easy one for Tennessee, um, but the, the, that's the road that Tennessee has. And then after that, there will be an NCAA tournament. So there's lots to discuss uh, without Zakai Ziegler, what Tennessee can do, and we'll do all of that. However, uh, before that, just a quick re- suggestion, request from our end, if you will, if you could take about a minute out of your day. 60 seconds, 75 seconds, 90 seconds tops. Go in there, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We sure would appreciate that. If you're just listening on the website, right there at GoVols247.com, 
that that's fine. We love you. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this Go Balls 24-7 podcast. We do it for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No complaints from our end. However, uh, what really helps us out is if you go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends, tell people that you see around town, tell people you see at the golf course. Be a beautiful day to hit some golf balls today. Uh, tell people that you see uh, walking around town at the movie theater. If you're going to see, I don't know, maybe Cocaine Bear, the unofficial sponsor of this podcast. If you're going to uh, lunch, you're going to dinner, you, you, you see people walking your dog, see people at church, wherever you see people, you see them wearing orange, tell them about this podcast, uh, and we sure would appreciate that. We believe in karma. Pay it forward. Uh, good things will happen to you in your life, and if you're already doing all those things, thank you. We love you, and if not... I award you no points... And may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, back to business. If I were to ask you what Tennessee, the the few things Tennessee absolutely has to do to have success in the postseason, what would be the sort of bullet points? Because there's probably a a million things. But what would be the bullet points if I asked you, these are the things Tennessee's got to do, what would you say they need to be? Uh, They need need to execute like a veteran basketball team should. I mean, that's kind of been the talking point for the last – month now uh since they, they they lost that ugly game to Kentucky at home and then they won four straight which was capped by that big win over Texas and I believe that was the final game of January and since that Texas win they've lost six of ten to close out the regular season yep. and I, I do believe that a, a big chunk of that has been because of the the injury bug it's been one thing after the next. It it's been uh, Josiah Jordan James turning his his left ankle and, and not being a hundred percent. It's it's Julian Phillips going down in practice with a hip flexor and 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 taking a, a while to get back because that's not an easy injury to deal with. It's it's Tyree Key uh, getting sick and and then also uh, his ankle because he's an old man in the college basketball basketball world swelling up on him and, and blowing up on him kind of out of nowhere prior to a game. It's it's Zakai Ziegler tearing his ACL. I mean, I do think that's a, a big chunk of it, and, and not to blame the injuries. No, they're, explanation, it, they're explanations, not excuses, but they're valid explanations. But it's not just that they're missing guys. It's that even with – it's with so many guys in and out of the lineup and also getting guys back into the mix – when they're coming back from the injuries, it's just so hard to find a rhythm and get into a flow for things on both the offensive and the defensive end. So I, I do believe that that is probably the the biggest contributing factor to, to why Tennessee lost six of the last 10 to finish out the regular season. But when, when it comes to, to just simply playing basketball, in my opinion, the biggest issue has been the late game execution. I mean, it's it's been absolutely dreadful uh, for such a a veteran basketball team that they have too many vets and and too many guys who have played quite a bit of basketball to to be making some of the late game decisions and and mistakes that they are. I mean, you you go back to to Florida and watch the final ten minutes of that basketball game, uh, Vanderbilt and Missouri hit all-time great shots for those programs to beat Tennessee. But what led to Tennessee 
being in those positions to get beat and what what allowed Vandy and Missouri to be in position to knock down those shots? Well, it was Tennessee's inability to not execute late in the game. And, and the problem with the late game execution w- within the late game execution, because obviously that is a, a huge ordeal, but it's just one thing after the next. It, it's not really a common thing that that leads to the late game struggles or, or uh, inability to to not execute late in the game. It's just, it's something different. It seems every time, whether it's not making the front end of a one and one or, or just not making a free throw out of two to, to put the game away or, or coming off of your man in the, in the corner when, when you don't have to. And when you just talked about it in the huddle, don't allow a, a three point shot to get off. And, and then one gets off. It, it's lane violations that, that allows Missouri to, to get off the shot that it, it got after you missed the free throw. It, it's not dunking the basketball when you have a wide open dunk right in front of you. It, it's just so much. And, uh, you know, yes, Tennessee's biggest issue defensively uh, was the the fact that they, they struggled to to defend uh, their their guy and stay in front of their guy. And, and that on-ball pressure that has been – so great under Rick Barnes. It, it wasn't good against Auburn on, on Saturday. Uh, but as Rick Barnes pointed out, it, it was just also a lot of not not doing your job on, on the defensive end and, and allowing Wendell Green and, and Alan Flanagan to just run right down the lane because somebody blew their assignment. I mean, I mean having like a, a, a landing strip for a guy to just run – wide open down the middle of the lane. I mean, that that should absolutely never happen, especially at this point in the season with a, a roster and uh, a five on the court that has played as, as much basketball as, as these guys have. So that that's the biggest issue. That That's more of an issue for me than the fact that they're playing without Zakai Ziegler because obviously you want Zakai Ziegler, but Tennessee still has plenty of talent to, to where he can go out and, and win several more basketball games this season but they're not going to if they don't if they don't start executing late in the game and and that that's my biggest concern going into march here the sec tournament and the ncaa tournament is i don't know how you flip that switch i I just kind of think when it comes to an inability to execute late in games uh, especially them having the experience that i continue to discuss I just kind of think you are what you are at this point. And if they if they are going to make a run, it's going to be because they all of a sudden start executing late in games. Yeah, I would say that when you're in a situation where you you don't have as many options to win games because I was talking about this at the end of the first segment when when you know that you you don't have Zakai Ziegler to kind of make some of the magic that he makes on both ends of the floor going into um, some of those situations, you you have to focus on the things that you know you can still do really well. And Tennessee, for it to have any kind of a run in the postseason, there's a lot of things that you want, but I'll tell you what you need. You have to continue playing defense at a ridiculous level. That has to remain the foundation. That is the rock on which you have built the church of this team. You have got to play defense for 40 minutes. Uh, you, it doesn't mean you're going to have a little breakdown here or there. That's basketball. It's going to happen. But but generally speaking, for over the course of a 40 or 45 or whatever it is minute game, 
you have got to play defense at the stingy level you have uh, without fouling too much, um, just building a wall, doing what you do, playing help defense, contesting shots, being smart, getting on the glass. And, and defensive rebounding is a part of defense. They're connected. You, if you play great half-court defense but you don't rebound, it doesn't matter because they're just going to play volleyball on the glass until they get a bucket. So you can't do that. What you have to do, number one, play defense at a ridiculous level because you know Tennessee can do that and you know that they've got to keep doing that. And that means guys like Jemai Meshack doing what they can do because his energy without Ziegler around, Meshack's energy is important. And then number two is... I don't care whether it is Julian Phillips or Olivier Kumwa. I don't care. One of them has got to get going in the postseason. One of them has got to go off. They have got to get production from a place that they don't always get it, but it's but it's capable. One of those guys in each game has got to go score the ball, has got to go make plays. Uh, the way Olivier Kumwa played in the Auburn game was very, very, very disappointing. Uh, and I say that as someone who – I say this about Olivier Kumwa in basketball. I say it about Kyle, Kyle Booker in, in baseball. I believe in the talent of those guys. I very much believe in the talent of those guys. And, and I think over the course of a, of a long term, eventually talent wins out more often than it does and if a guy keeps working hard. But uh, the way Kumwa played in that game, knowing how important it was – um, that that to me was really disappointing. They need more from him. And, and Julian Phillips, like I know you're a freshman. I know your hip's still bothering you a little bit. But man, Josiah Jordan James has got a bad ankle and and knee. You're not going to get greatness out of him right now. You're going to get everything he can do to be a solid player right now. One of those guys has got to go off. It cannot just be wait for 25 to make a play. If that's all you've got is wait for Vescovy to make a play then that's going to be enough sometimes. That might even get you, maybe, maybe that might even get you to the Sweet 16. Just Vescovy scoring 25-plus points if he needs to, hitting his threes, making those plays that he makes. But you're not going to go make a run worth really remembering unless other guys step up and score. you got to play defense at a high level because your offense is not elite. It's just not going to be elite. It, it, it is what it is. You've got to play defense and rebound. And then number two, you got to have one of those guys go off. You've got to have a game where, you know, like look, like look, look what Kumwa did against Texas, right? How unbelievably good he was in that game. When he is the p- kind of player he should be, taking the shots he should be taking, uh, rebounding the ball the way he should be rebounding it, those things help a lot. And I'll tell you why it's really important if it's Olivier Kumwa too. Olivier Kumwa is not like an automatic free throw shooter, but if you have big free throws late in the game and you need to make them, and I give you three choices, a Waka, Plofsic, or Kumwa, you're taking Kumwa 11 times out of 10. You need him on the floor. You want him being the guy who's getting to the line because he has a better chance of making those. Right now, the other two, you just cannot. If they go one for two, it is a win at the line right now. And you're going to have to make free throws late in close games. So you got to execute and you got to do that. I think there's a, just, just those two or three things. If Tennessee can do those things, they're easy to say and not always easy to do, but those are the things Tennessee, in my opinion, has got to do. And I I like what Ben said too. I mean, a lot of that, what I said, comes down to what he was saying, which is executing late in games. Uh, You have a veteran team. 
even without your point guard, even without a pure point guard in your rotation right now, you have enough veterans to not pee down your leg when it matters. Go out there and make a play. Go out there and get a stop. Go out there and run the play as it's executed and make the shot. Yeah, I agree with you. And and not that you thought that Julian played bad, but I, I thought he kind of played well uh, against Auburn. He did, but I wanted to see him go a Saturday. little bit further. I wanted to see him be more aggressive. When the game was really, really in the balance, I wanted to see him be like, okay, nobody out here can guard me. I'm going to go score. Yeah, and I, I don't. I just don't know that he has that type of role on this team. And I, I don't know if that is um, – you would think that a five-star – who is a projected first-round pick, still a projected first-round pick, despite – and look, Julian has had a, a terrific freshman season. Uh, he's an all-SEC freshman team member for a reason, but the the standards and expectations for a five-star freshman are, are just so great that it, it does feel like Julian maybe hasn't lived up to the hype uh, to, to this point. And, and we've gone through that with other – five stars that have come to Tennessee as well. I think that's why folks were so frustrated with Josiah Jordan James at the beginning of his career, uh, because he's never been a bad basketball player. He he just was never that bona fide, without a doubt, five-star freshman or, or even a guy who's a, a two and done. I mean, he just never popped off to, to that extent when he first got here, but he was still a good contributing player when healthy. And I think Julian has is kind of following in that same mold to to a lesser extent. Of uh, folks have just expected more of him this year. Uh, but again, I, the 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 point that I'm getting to is I I find it hard to believe that a a five star and and a projected first round pick, d- despite a a freshman season that that maybe didn't live up to expectations, is is limited to the role that that he is or, or isn't capable of more than the role that that he's currently in. I mean, it, it, it seems like he's he's just used as a, a guy to to stand in the corner. And, and even as a guy that stands in the corner, they they he really doesn't shoot a ton. Um, and, and then he kind of cuts and, and gets his offensive rebounds and uh, cuts on uh, if one of the guards are, are is trying to 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 penetrate and and get down the lane he'll he'll cut and try to make a nice play and and he does a great job with those things but it's hard to envision that being the only thing that he can do as talented as he is and and I don't know if that's uh Rick Barnes not using him properly I don't know if that's uh Julian Phillips being too timid and, and not uh, giving they're just the, not the selfish they're, they're just not selfish they're not a selfish program they don't recruit selfish kids they just they have a type and when they're fully formed it's a really really good system and everybody does what they're supposed to do nobody has to do too much everybody does a little bit but I, that's what i think it is ben i just think they they don't they don't have selfish players and they don't want they this is not the kind of guys that they're attracted to. It's not the kind of guys that they want in their program. And sometimes you need a little bit of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if Julian doesn't have a bigger role because of Julian himself or the coaching staff, just, just not expanding his, his role and, and just not using him properly. But my ultimate point is that they're, they're going to have to expand it one way or another. They're going to have to get more out of Julian Phillips uh, a, because of, 
the the injury to to Zakai Ziegler and, and kind of the injuries lingering as well. And even Julian himself has an injury that's lingering, but they're, they're simply going to have to get more out of him. I thought he played well at Auburn. I, I think he had like 10 points and, and then four or five rebounds. And, and he made a couple of clutch free throws uh, there at, at the end of the game or late in the second half. I, I thought he played well, but they're going to need more because of the, the roster situation. And because it is March, like you were discussing, you just have, you have to have more in March in order to make a deep run. You, you just have to. And they, they need somebody to step up the way that Josh Richardson stepped up the year that Conzo Martin's team went to the Sweet 16. Man, and he, he, went, Rich, he went off against Iowa. What a, what a performance that was. Jay Rich had a, a terrific season that, that season, so it's not like it was out of nowhere per se, but he elevated his game. He, he, he single-handedly beat Iowa. Uh, and became more of an offensive force for Tennessee because he was kind of viewed like Jemai Meshack up until that point, a, a guy that ha- has the tools to, to really be great. But right now it's really all, only on the defensive end until the offensive end catches up. So who who can be that Josh Richardson that had a nice season, but then when it mattered most, he stepped up and and, and really, really helped carry – this team, I think Santiago's playing well right now, but somebody is going to have to step up and not a role player. It can't be Tobey Awaka. It can't be Jonas Adu. It has to be Olivier Kumwad. It has to be Josiah Jordan James. It has to be Julian Phillips or Tyreek Key. Like one of those guys has to step up and elevate their game and and give the team more than they're giving them if if they want to make a deep run here. I'm really glad that you brought up Tyreek Key there because I should have added him into that group of two guys that I talked about earlier uh, with, with, with Kumwai and with Julian Phillips because given the right matchup, there are some matchups, I think, maybe athletically where Tyreek Key can be a little bit more challenged in some situations. But 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 generally speaking, in, in, most, in most of these games, um, or at least a lot of them, he has the ability... Like, I know it was an exhibition, but go back to the way he played against Gonzaga. He was phenomenal in that basketball game. He is a guy who absolutely can go on a heater offensively. And and I know that in Tennessee's system, guys don't do that a lot. You just don't see it. It just doesn't happen. You know, it's sort of like that old joke, like, uh, you know, Dean Smith was the only person who who could prevent Michael Jordan from scoring 20 a game. Like, I get it. I get it. Like they they have a system and they do what they do and, and it works more often than it doesn't. But someone like Tyreek Key has the ability to go out there and make like seven plus threes in a game. He absolutely can do that. Now I don't know that he will because he, you know, we'll see where his ankle is, we'll see where he is in his headspace, what the matchups are. Um, but I don't want to discount that as a possibility. That's something that could happen uh, because they're going to need him. Uh, especially without Zakai Ziegler, they got a, some matchups. They might go bigger and induce, but other other things they might just keep playing the guards and and give Key more minutes if he can handle them. And we've seen in games at Tennessee, Mizzou, what he can do given the right matchup. And Mizzou's got a lot of you know ath- athletic, tough guys that aren't the biggest, but they're athletic and they're 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 veterans and they're old guys and they play well together. But Key still went bananas in that game. 
And we've seen him do that. I mean, if Tennessee wins that game, that's the Tyreek Key game. People will remember that as the Tyreek Key game instead of the game where, you know, dude hits the 40-footer or whatever at the end of the game. Like, that. that's – it's a it, basketball, just like live, can be painful like that. But, but remember, I don't think completely – it's one thing to be frustrated with a player, but to discount the possibility that that player can still – do really good things to help you win games. Those are different things. Like the fact is, you know, Tyreek, he might've had overall a disappointing season. I mean, his scoring numbers are okay. He's had some moments, but there have been times where it's like, dude, what, what plan are you on right now? Are you even playing today? I get that. But right now, um, you know, you gotta love the one you're with, right? Like the old song, you gotta love the one you're with right now. He's one of your guys and he is a guy who can score. And I don't care if he misses the first four threes he takes in the game. He needs to take the fifth one. If it's open, if it's in rhythm, he's a guy who can make shots. He also is a guy who late in the shot clock, uh, you can throw him the ball and he can try to post up a smaller guard and he can muscle him because he's a big old linebacker looking dude. And he'll, he can go in there and, and have some old man YMCA game and make a bucket. There are things he can do. Like you, you can't at this time of the year focus or worry about the things you can't do because you don't have enough time to, to, to fix that. You, you can't invent something different, right? You can't like, this isn't like Alabama coming out years ago against USC to open the season where they did the blackout before the season and, and Bryant didn't want anybody around and they go out there and open the season in a brand new offense. You know, you don't have enough time to go change your roster. You can't change, you know, you can put in some new zone defense or maybe some wrinkles offensively, there's 40 years of people knowing who Rick Barnes is like they know and you know what what this roster is so you can't change everything so you have to go with what you have and try to get more out of it and and I think Tyreek Key like Kamal like Phillips is a guy who has the ability to go off um Josiah Jordan James if teams aren't going to cover him at the three-point line fire away man go out there and do your thing fire away they they need to they need to have guys step up and score the ball because I think they have the ability to do that. Uh, they have to play defense at the level they're capable of playing it, which is an, an elite best in the country level and control the paint, the painted area. And then they need to go out there and have somebody other than Vescovy go off offensively. They just can't, if it's just stand around and wait for Vescovy to make a play, then you're not going to beat good teams doing that. You're going to beat okay teams doing that. But you, you're not going to beat good teams doing that unless they go like two for 25 from three. Like you got to score. You can't have one of these games where you're in the 50s. You just can't do it. No, especially with how much you're losing defensively on the perimeter with Zakai. Uh, that, 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 that puts more pressure than it already had on the offense to, to produce more points. I mean, you're, you're just losing so much with Zakai. I mean, and, and we're stating the obvious by, by saying that. I mean, you, you're losing 10 to 12 points a game. Uh, the, the SEC's leader in assist during conference play, everything he provides defensively, what he provides from a, a leadership standpoint on the court, uh, and and then kind of that that energizer bunny as well. Yeah, so, the, the that the that guy vibes. He's got that guy vibes all over him. You need that. You need somebody else to come up and be that guy. Yes, and Tyree Key, 
I, I I do think he's he's capable of of getting close to it. Zakai Ziegler is obviously a, a better basketball player, but Tyreek Key, he he can he can get down defensively. I watched him do it this past weekend at Auburn, and that was on a bum ankle where he was walking out of the arena after the game kind of limping because of that ankle that he's dealing with right now. But he was still able to to do some good things defensively, in my opinion. Uh, and then offensively, he he is a natural scorer. He, he's not just a shooter. That That's what he does best, but he can score in, in so many different ways. Uh, he, he obviously scores from the perimeter, but he can get get in kind of the, the thick of things and, and knock down some mid-range shots. And uh, w- whether that just be a, a normal mid-range jumper or – he he can catch somebody on the elbow or on the block and kind of back them down and, and do some post moves and, and some fadeaway jumpers. We've seen that from him this year as well. And and I think he's pretty good in transition. Uh, if you can get him and, and the team out running in, in the open court. So Tyreek Key is, is capable of, of helping Tennessee withstand the loss of Zakai Ziegler because you're not going to replace what you lost with Zakai, but I do firmly believe and agree with Rick Barnes when he says that they still have enough to to go win. Is it enough to to go beat a Purdue or a Houston or or an Alabama? I don't know. I, I don't know. I really don't. You you probably need some things to to really go your way in those games now. And you but, have to defend at an absurd level. But other than like those top teams in college basketball, that they, they are more than capable of. Uh, of in the SEC tournament this week, beating Missouri, beating uh, a red hot Kentucky team, a red hot A and M team, like th- like they're capable. They still are because of of how good this this roster is. I mean, they they still have plenty of talent, but guys are going to have to elevate their game at the most important time of the year because it, it cannot be all Santiago Vescovi, and, and it and it also can't be well. We'll, we'll just allow the defense to handle business today. I mean, you, you just can't operate with that. The The offense has to be combat compatible. Uh, and also your defense isn't what it was without Zakai Ziegler. So uh, somebody's going to have to step up. And I, I think Tyreek Key is, is a guy that is capable of elevating his game when it matters most. Yeah. And, and people might ask, why are we not talking about the, the elephant in the room, the postseason barn stuff? Because we don't, we we'll have time after the season to do that, guys. I, I I just I know people on our board, people on social media, think I'm defending the guy. All I'm saying is, can we just have that conversation after the season? That's all I've ever. Can we just have that conversation after the season? Because I don't want to write the obit or talk about the obit of a season that still has a pulse. Like I don't want to do that. I I think let's just see where the season goes. It's a postseason sport. Not looking great right now, but if the postseason goes the way that people think it, a lot of people seem to think it will, and it goes badly, we'll be right here to talk about that and what it means for Tennessee going forward. I mean, Rick Barnes, until he wants to retire, is going to be Tennessee's basketball coach. That's not that's not changing. So, what where do you go from here? What adjustments do you make? Do you you know look at for different sorts of things in the portal? Do you look at you know bringing in somebody who's going to change some things on off? We will have all those conversations if we need to have them after the season. Because I think they're valid concerns. They're valid questions. Even if some of us don't agree on the answers or potential solutions, those are conversations we absolutely are going to have. It's just, you know, for years, it was always 
for with Barnes, you know, you'd have a, a good or better than you thought it would regular season and then a disappointing postseason. This season it's been, you know, a, a little bit worse than it should have been in the regular season, a fair bit worse, honestly, than it should have been in the regular season. They're going into the postseason without their dude. Um, but let's see what happens, right? It's March. Crazy things happen in the most amazing tournament in American sports. Let's just wait and see where it goes and then we can have those conversations later. That that's why I'm not like I, I just think it's to go shock jock and oh Barnes has got to go and oh this is what they're always going to be. Okay, let's have that conversation in two weeks or later if we need to. Right now, I'd rather talk about what Tennessee can and cannot do in this tournament that it absolutely is going into thinking, hey, we got a chance to win this thing. So let's see where it goes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm with you. Tennessee has has a chance to to make a run, and uh, kind of like how we talked about going into the Alabama game, nobody expected Tennessee to beat Alabama because of how it had just lost to Vanderbilt and Missouri, and not only with with how they had lost in terms of the buzzer beaters, but how they had played within those games and and for a couple of games in a row at that point. But because sports are funky, we, we kind of joked around and said, oh, Tennessee will find a way to to beat Alabama just just because sports don't make sense. And I don't know. I kind of have that feeling going into the SEC tournament and more 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 so the NCAA tournament than than the SEC tournament. I, I kind of have that feeling as well. Oh, they're down to Kai Ziegler. Oh, they've lost six of ten. Well, most people are going to pr- predict them to get upset in the first round, at least the second round, if not the first round. But this will be the year that they do make it to the Elite Eight or, or the Sweet 16 because it doesn't seem to to make sense. And uh, my, my expectations have, have have slightly changed with this team. Mine, I, mine have definitely changed. Well, at, at the beginning of the year, I, I probably would have said like Final Four, Elite Eight uh, to – to make everyone happy. I, I don't really like talking about NCAA tournament expectations and until I see the the bracket because you, you can you can get screwed and draw matchups in the second round or the sweet 16 that are that are more final four level matchups and and it looks worse than than what it ends up being like like that Tennessee Purdue loss in 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 the sweet 16 a couple of years back like I'm, I'm sorry. That that was fifty fifty between two really good basketball teams. That was more of a Final Four matchup than a Sweet Sixteen. And and matchup. and Tennessee got jobbed at the end of it. It just not intentionally, but the guy just made a horrendous call, and it absolutely changed the game. And and like I realize it's the NCAA tournament. You're going to be playing a good basketball team every time out. But like there are upsets uh, that that changed the course of your tournament run, just like it did with that Josh Richardson team and that console team that made the sweet 16. Yep. Nobody had them going as far as they did in part because Duke, what well, was who they were going to have to play in the second round. And, and then all of a sudden Mercer upsets Duke and, and Tennessee walks into the sweet 16. So, uh, it, it, it just kind of, it, it's not worth having that conversation. Uh, obviously you don't really feel good about the current state of the team because of the, the Zakai injury and because of how they've played the last month or so, but it's March and you just really never know what, what's going to happen. And you, you kind of learn to expect the unexpected. And right now the unexpected would be for Tennessee 
to to make a run. So it's it's fair to have concerns, but like you're saying, Wes, let's let's have the 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 not so fun conversations after the deed has has already been done because who knows Tennessee may turn around and and Santi gets super super hot and and Tyreek Key and Julian Phillips turn it up a notch or Olivier Kumwa you know turns it up a notch and and Josiah catches catches fire from three and and all of a sudden we're talking about Tennessee playing on a Friday night to go to the final four or, or a, a Saturday night to go to the final four. You, you just re- never really know with the NCAA tournament. No, you don't. And, or, or, you know, Tennessee gets a horrendous matchup in the first round as like a three fourteen or four thirteen or whatever it is against some mid-major team that just goes absolutely berserk from three and hits like 14 of them and you lose. I mean, that's, that's basketball. And then, and then if we need to, we will have the postseason Barnes conversation when we need to have it. No one's ignoring it. It's just saying there's a time and a place for that, and that time and place are not right here, right now. So I think that's a pretty good place uh, to leave it. Congrats to uh, Vescovy and uh, Ziegler for being all SEC players and Josiah James, uh, Josiah Jordan James for being on the community service squad, all very deserving all good bits of information there, and uh, we'll see how it goes in Nashville. I don't know uh, exactly what we'll be able to do uh, podcast-wise from there. We might try to do some stuff. We might not. It just it depends on what the setup is and if we have the opportunity. Um, but regardless, uh, we'll certainly be here uh, throughout the postseason. We'll, we'll be here to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between because you just – you never know, man. You, you you buy the ticket, you take the ride. You're in the tournament. You are in the tournament. There are so many years where Tennessee was like not even had a chance to be in the tournament. You're in the tournament now, so let's just focus on that because it is awesome. It is exciting. It's the same tournament that as a kid in school you would beg your teachers to to wheel the TV into the room and let you watch it during during you know the the afternoon at school. Like it's the the first weekends, one of the best weekends of the year. I mean, it's just let's just. You're in the ticket. You got a ticket. You know, you get to go dance. Let's go see what happens. And and this week, I don't know how important it is, maybe a little bit for seeding, but you know, let's let's just let's just see. Let's just see. Ben, you got anything else, Dad? Nope, I'm good. It'll be interesting to see how the, the tournament goes this week in Nashville. Uh Tennessee. It's all but a guaranteed win on, on Thursday. I, I would be absolutely Yeah, stunned. we say that, but yeah, it should be. I would be absolutely stunned if if they lose to South Carolina or or Ole Miss. Those those two teams are just not at all good at basketball this season. One doesn't even have a permanent head coach, uh, so I, it, it'll come down to to Friday against Missouri. And my generic simple thought is is that it's a fifty fifty basketball game. I, I can easily see Missouri winning, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee won. And, and then all. And then you probably feed into to Alabama. We'll see if Alabama can handle business. Uh, I'd be surprised if if Alabama isn't playing the winner of Missouri and Tennessee on on Saturday. Uh, but Alabama's kind of in a funk right now because of the situation they've been dealing with yeah. the the last several weeks. Just has has not been the same basketball team uh, since the the Brandon Miller aspect of of that unfortunate situation. Uh, occurred so we'll, yeah, we'll see what and, happens. And, and with open locker rooms and everything in the postseason, it's gonna it ain't going anywhere. So, I mean, you can't you can't run. You can try to do what Kim Mulkey did and and not have your locker room open, even though you have to. Uh, you can try to do some stuff, but you know it, it's you can't run. You can't hide in the postseason. People are going to be in your locker room. And they're going to be asking you questions. 
and with Missouri, I, I think that has real potential to, to to remind Tennessee that they don't have Sakai Ziegler because Missouri has some guards that will light you up on either end of the floor, and that that's a game where I can really see uh, Zakai not being available rearing its ugly head and, and impacting Tennessee both offensively and, and defensively. So we talk about Tyreek Key and him needing to step up, uh, Julian Phillips uh, as well. Th- this is a big week for all three of those guys uh, to get healthy. You, you don't play until uh, Thursday, Thursday afternoon. Tennessee will tip off around uh, 3.30 Eastern. Uh, that That's a couple of extra days rest for Josiah's ankle, Tyreek's ankle, and, and Julian's hip flexor. So, they're going to need those guys uh, against that Missouri team on Friday, assuming they take care of business against Ole Miss or South Carolina, because those Missouri, Missouri guards, man, they, they, they're intense on both ends of the floor. So that, that'll are, be a fun matchup. They are good, but Tennessee's also played in that arena this season. It didn't go very well, but Tennessee obviously has played in that arena this season. And Tennessee, sometimes being a five seed or six seed, you get to play in the tournament. You get to play on that floor a day before your opponent going into the next day. That can that can be helpful, especially early in the game. Uh, it, it makes it harder with your legs to win later in the week. But, hey, that if you can win that first game, it can oftentimes give you a, a really good boost on Friday. So, We will see, Ben. We will be there, and we will be reporting from it, and uh, I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks, man. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee, 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7, where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family, 
all of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.